Pigeons gone. Where have the pigeons gone? Oh ho 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 ho! Oh, where have the pigeons gone? You have to excuse me. I'm just sitting here uh, contemplating my navel here. It's a little philosophical at this hour. I'd like to salute Fireman Fred. It's a famous uh, past classic there. Where have the pigeons gone? Bring it up there, big there. That's it. Thank you, George. I knew you could work it. There you go. Oh, isn't that cute? Never fear. I am on the scene. South Lake Tahoe, California, police searching for narcotics in the attic of a house said they came across a mouse, which apparently found some. Uh, officer said this mouse, which apparently had eaten into a bag of seeds believed to be marijuana, lay on its back with glassy eyes. Its only response to the fuzz was to wiggle its feet when his stomach was tickled. Oh, isn't that cute? Please, George. Oh, that's all it. That's enough. That's enough. I don't want to start too much pot smoking among the rats out there. Just hold it there. I have a note. Speaking of rats here, I have a note uh, from one of our uh, fellow victims out there in the dark uh, stygian morass of life there. He says, uh, Shepard, now where is that note? Yeah, here it is. Shepard, he says, uh, you mean to tell me you don't remember the Titans' most avid fans? The polo ground pigeons. Many times, there were more pigeons than people out there at the polo grounds when the Titans were playing. If Joe Namath was around then, he'd have white spots on his helmet to match his shoes. <laughs> well, I didn't say that. This is one of our sport fans out there. And he goes out to say, would you please sing, Shepard, for all those finky jet fans that are sitting out there in Shea Stadium. He says they're selling all the souvenirs and all that stuff that uh, there was a day when nobody came but the pigeons. And he says, would you please sing for me, Where Have All the Pigeons Gone? Oh, where, oh, where, oh, where, where have the pigeons gone? la da tee tee Here's a note from the New York Times book review section. It's an ad. It says, Collecting Crud Art. To, uh, it's a book on crud art. Where do, I wonder where they stole that. Two art directors from France. Of course, they're the best kind. Two art directors from France discover good design in American variety stores, where 59 cents will get you a work of art. For about $85, you can have a fantastic collection of junk worthy of the Whitney or the Guggenheim. Where have all the pigeons gone? 
Well, that's nothing. My grandmother's got a collection of that junk. You know, like, uh, she's got a key that says, a key to Niagara Falls. Uh, she's also got a runner, which is on her, uh, library table. It says, Souvenir Starved Rock, Illinois. It's a picture of an Indian. Where have all the thinkies gone? Oh, uh, speaking of, uh, would you please, uh, I'm sorry, I have people, you know, they, there's a note in the, my box there, Shepard. All it said was, Shepard, you're a fink. Well, that's true. But I don't sit around and yell about your nationality, do I? You know, if I came around here and said, Dennis, you're uh, an Irishman, he'd get bugged. Even if it was true. You see, the things that really get people mad are the true ones. You could call a guy, you know, a munchkin, he's not going to get mad. You call him what he is, he's liable to hit you on top of the head. Because it's what he is that makes him mad. Hey, well, you know, uh, where all the think he's gone. Oh, listen, would you please prepare me some contemplation music? Some deep, serious contemplation into the whirlpool of existence, would you please? There we go, sneaking in. Oh, boy. Give me right here, that easy boy. Cannot concentrate when the lotus is jumping up and biting me. You're supposed to eat the lotus, not the other way around, friend. All right, bring it up there. There it goes. Going, going, going. Uh, I'm putting this in my vast file of trivia here for anybody out there who, uh... Oh, easy, easy, George. George, now wait, you don't contemplate by hitting me on the head with a sati or whatever that thing is. Is, is that a sake? No, it wasn't. The other night, I'll tell you, I went to a Japanese restaurant. It was terrible. It was actually a great, groovy restaurant. It was up in Boston, see, and I, uh, we sat around this, this table. And, you know, you stick your feet down this well, you know. That's a concession to Western taste because if, you know, the average guy is going to sit on his knees for more than 20 minutes, he's going to get up something like about 17 castanets going full blast, which does not, uh, you know, it's not conducive to Sartori. But uh, nevertheless, we're sitting around this, this Japanese table, and I think they were having a fight in the kitchen. Because every once in a while, this little Japanese waitress would come out. She'd say, oh, so sorry, oh, must I wait, sorry, oh. And then she disappeared, and you hear the sound of cleavers going up and down, you know, crackle, crash. And we're sitting there contemplating, you know, our navel. And by the way, is there anybody out there who, uh, I understand, but of course you can't say that word on radio. Is that right? You can't say navel on the radio? I'm saluting the, uh, I'm saluting the North Atlantic fleet here. Uh, however... I'm uh, sitting in this Japanese restaurant. His friend says, have you ever had sake? I said, well, yes. He said, uh, oh, goody. And I said, would you like some more? I said, what do you mean like some more? It took me eight months to get rid of it. My mother put the noxema and everything all over it to get rid of it. And he says, no, no, that's not that's not sake. That's, uh, that's uh, hives. I said, well, uh, I've had hives too, but sake is when you get those little scales all over it, isn't it? And he said, no, no, that's something else. I said, I had it in the Army, you know. You get that in the Army, man, and it's a time off your service record. You know, three days in the hospital with a good case of sake, and you've had it. I sake it right to you, I'll tell you. Oh, boy, wasn't that bad. But uh, nevertheless, <laughs> that's a little fast here for you tonight. But, uh, oh, wait, 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 wait. So reset that, reset that. I mean, can't, uh, you know, the Japanese are having this big Expo 70. And uh, say, listen. I've really got a totally in sticker. You know, everybody's got stickers on their cars. You know, STP. That's a typical slob sticker. Uh, you know, STP. Uh, stuff like McDonald's hamburgers and that kind of thing. Uh, by the way, we'd like to salute all the gang out at the Route 3 Diner tonight. 
out in Jersey. It's not easy being a slob, and we'd like to salute you tonight. It's tough. You know, working away in a world where you don't understand anything, you lumber around in the shadow of the Rizzuto bowling alley. However, uh, right next to Bonds, did you ever see the uh, the big roll? You know, it, you go out to Bonds Ice Cream Joint there. It's in uh, Clifton, New Jersey. And, and uh, Santa Claus, there is a Clifton. I'm telling you that. I mean, in spite of the fact the rumor says it's just an adjunct to Secaucus, it is. There is a special place called Clifton, way down deep in my heart. I got this band. We had, the, the Clifton Band, the Clifton High School Band, has over 12,000 pom-pom girls. It has over 258 drum majorettes, one baritone player, and a sousaphone player. Well, I mean, you know, they got to have something to blow out there. I'm sorry. Sorry. I, 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 uh, no, no, no. I, I uh, grind no axe for Clifton. What do you say the name of the football team is? The Clifton Finkies. What? What's the name of the football team there? I see. The Clifton Gophers? No. Come on. The Clifton Guppies. Oh, that's cute. That's very cute. <laughs> the Mustangs. Bad front end, huh? Well, all right. <laughs> Burns a lot of gas, I'll tell you that. But uh, nevertheless, uh, uh, I was uh, I was over in Barnes one night. Uh, that's this uh, ice cream joint there they got in Clifton. And they've got a sign on the wall. It's, uh, it's a roll call of honor. Roll call of honor. And uh, they have these uh, giant things that you eat there at the Barnes called the Awful Awful. It's, uh, it's oh, my, maybe 15, 200,000 calories, maybe th- something like that. And it's, uh, it comes in a big jug, and it's a giant thing that comes in a pig trough, I believe, doesn't it? Yes, they have a little pig trough. They're, honestly, it's a pig trough, and you eat out of this pig trough. And uh, if you eat more than two of these things without falling over backwards, uh, you know, burping, laying on the floor, they heaving and all that stuff, you go on the roll of honor. Or is it three? Three? All right, just a moment. We're getting uh, our research department. Yes? You say that it's not an awful, awful. It's a pig's dinner. I see. Well, what was that thing that I was eating? I noticed they gave me a little shovel to eat it with. Pig's dinner. Very good. All right. Oh, what pigs we are here. Anyway, you can buy a pig's dinner over there, see? So... I, I'm uh, I'm not kidding. I'm just telling you the truth. I'm not I'm not uh, larding it over. And I saw a guy come in the barns there, and he's trying for the all-time record. You see, if you if you uh, if you drink, you can't. You don't really drink an awful lot. You kind of sl- shovel it in. They're so gigantic things, an enormous milkshake. And if you do away with what is it, two of them, they'll give you a third one free. And then if you're still with it, they'll give you another one for you. They'll keep giving them to you as long as you can eat them. Free. And of course, if you if you go over three, you go on the roll of honor. And if you go over five, you get a gold star after your name. And if you go over seven, it's the stomach pump. And uh, <laughs> I saw a guy out there back of his Corvette. Just oh, it was just terrible. It was awful. It was like uh, you know the sewage system of the Zambezi River. He was just uh, you know letting it go all over the place. Twenty-seven awful awfuls because they were free. So uh, I, I want to salute all of you guys out there tonight. I don't know what it is that we're trying to do here, but uh, we're trying to get organized. We're trying to organize life. We're trying to bring some meaning into your existence. And it's, uh, how's it working? It's a lot of meaning out there in your whole, you know, your whole life. Do you ever walk around there, you know? And, uh, and the mosquitoes bite you. By the way, uh, Jersey had a fantastic uh, crop of mosquitoes this year. We'd like to salute Jersey for that. It was one of the great vintage years 
Yes, sir. They're going to be talking about that for maybe, you know, 10 or 15 years. The big summer of 69, you know, when mosquitoes came in there. Yeah, and, and did you see that Jersey blamed it on Staten Island? Yeah, they did. They said they're all coming from Staten Island. Naturally, Jersey won't accept it. Not at all. Jersey, with true babbitry, running all over the place, says it was poor little Staten Island. Pick on somebody your own side, Jersey. Sphinx. Staten Island. Boy, listen, Staten Island's been getting enough from Secaucus for years. Every night when the wind blows right, oh, listen, geraniums die and everything over there. That's right. It's coming in the window now. But uh, that's neither here nor there. Hello, friends. That reminds me. I was standing in line at a at a uh, <laughs> at an airline terminal this weekend. Terminal, excuse me. And uh, I had, uh, by the way, I was at one of my absolutely total, total, complete favorite places over the weekend, Montreal. What a what a fantastic place Montreal is. Yeah, it really is, George. I'm telling you, that's the real bippy there. Oh, listen, everything is wide open there. Oh, yeah. And, uh, oh, it is? I'm not kidding. Groovy town. And, uh, you know, every hour on the hour, they shoot somebody out of a cannon right over the river there. And it's exciting. So I was uh, waiting in line. I thought I'd never see this. Uh, I thought I'd never see a thing like this. But, you know, you, you, you read all the time, and you never actually see this stuff in ads. For example, have you ever had anybody in your house, you know, even remotely, uh, perform one of those beautiful little dramas about how many uh, cavities the kids got? I mean, I, I, they're always performing. You, did you see those firemen all standing around? This kid comes in. Hey, Daddy, Daddy, how'd he got one cavity? And Daddy says, well, it's because he uses uh, slush over here with the, you know, and, uh, and they all look so smug about it. See, <laughs> the kid's on top of it. You don't get one cavity. Of course, it goes all the way through a skull, but that's all right. But uh, nevertheless, uh, <laughs> I, I just thought it was kind of touching. See, this little, uh, my life isn't like that. Nobody ever comes up to me and makes the three-ring sign. Uh, I have never, you know, I've never had anybody knock-knock for what? What is it you knock-knock for? Now, look, I'm giving you an Americana test. I want to know if you're a true American, when you walk in, what is it you go for what? Knock-knock for what? You don't know. Why do I know this? That's right. Because I'm, I'm in touch. I'm deeply involved in the currents of my time. I'm, you know, deeply involved. I got this paddle. By the way, I got this great plastic canoe. And uh, it's funny. I was rowing it the other day, and I lost one of the paddles. And guess what creek I was up. Just thought I'd thrown it out there. Hey, wait a minute now. Wait, wait. I was on the Raritan River. What rotten minds you've had. I, I, uh, I think that, uh, you know, it's one of them nights. Oh, oh speaking of uh, one of those nights. Now, oh, 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 oh. now, I know that it was one of those nights, friends. Do not write me a letter and say, Mr. Shepard, once again, your terrible ignorance is showing. I am speaking the language of the people. That's with you. I am speaking the language of Jimmy Breslin and the scratchers and the walkers and the spitters in the street. If Hemingway can do it, so can, uh, I don't know what the hell is my name again. Well, it doesn't make any difference. Would you please uh, sneak in some of that, uh, no, that serious contemplative music, George, please, please. Tony, I wish you now to look deeply into your soul. That's it. Contemplate the infinite. Think of the vast, 
the vast, swirling, endless reaches of space. That's it. Think about it. I want you now to contemplate and concentrate. Consider Dear Abby. You know. What is Dear Abby doing tonight? I don't know. I just thought I'd ask. It's a rhetorical question. Just, you know, those things. I don't know. What is Rock Hudson thinking this minute? I better not ask that again. Bring it up. And we wish to salute uh, uh, Spyros Agnew. Let's salute him tonight. Listen, any kid like that with a name like that has to grow up to be seven feet tall and vice president. Oh, it's a great name. It is. All right, hold it. At ease. At ease, gang, there. There will be an inspection tomorrow at 0450. Ten minutes past four. 0450. Helmet liners. Leggings. Be ready. Uh, speaking of being ready, uh, I, uh, I've always felt that uh, you can tell much more about about life, uh, you know, about times, by the games people play. And I'm not talking about that, you know, that book, which uh, after a while it began to bore me, you know. Games people play. I mean, the real games people play, see. And uh, there's a groovy game that I think you should know about. And I'd like to bring it to your attention. Yeah, I mean, for the more devout people out there, you may get this for uh, for Christmas, you know. I, may, I don't want it to come as such a terrible shock. So you might as well know about it now. It's being advertised already for a great Christmas gift. So would you please, if you will, George, a little contemplative music, just a little religious-type music. Friends, how would you like to play this Christmas and all the next year the Bible game? Travel through the Holy Land, the Ten Commandments Bible game. Yes, meet a good Samaritan. You know, you spin the little pointer, it says that you've just looked back at uh, Gomorrah. You've turned to salt. You're out of the game. <laughs> I'm serious. Cross the River Jordan. Lose your silver, quote, to thieves. Be sold out by the Finks in the, in the uh, you know, in the counting house there, in the temple. Sold you out for 30 pieces of silver. Even adults will enjoy this game, it says. So I'd like to salute all of you out there. Gee, that's a great idea for a game. <laughs> Can't you just see, it says, uh, play, uh, let's say, play Buddha. Or, uh, let's say, it says, yes, play the new fascinating game, uh, uh, Islam. You know, and it says, take a trip to Mecca. And you spin this thing. It says, you are now at the Marrakesh. You get stopped at the Wimpy Hamburger joint there. To, uh, <laughs> I mean, you know. Yeah, if you want to hear another great game, how about this one, friends? Apply this to your life. Here's one for you. Okay. There we go. Play the game of life. The game of life. These are all games that you can buy. The game of life. The right decisions and the wheel of fate may spin you into millionaire acres. A car and $2,000 will start you up the winding three-dimensional road of life. Spin the... And you're off for good luck or snags as you wheel your way through college, business, and married life. You know, that you wheel your way through college, business life, and married life. With luck and the right decisions, your fate may land you in Millionaire Acres. As the winner, otherwise you'll end up in a poor farm. As loser, game includes an assortment of eight cars, 
$7 million in play money, decision cards, and certificates for two to eight players, especially for adults. Ah, the game of life. Can you imagine what it would be like if they had a real game of life? Yeah, you spin it as your knee hurts. Move back two steps. And then you spin it again. It says, uh, your cleaning didn't come back. You're bugged. You get in a fist fight with a cab driver. Move forward eight spaces. You have just been fired again for the 15th straight job. Move back 422 spaces. Go to the unemployment center at 42nd Street till your pal Jaime calls up and bails you out. The game of life. <laughs> Have you noticed the game of life is all about money? You notice that? Oh, friends, money doesn't bring... Well, what is it money doesn't bring? I just... Uh, it's on the tip of my tongue. What is it? Money doesn't buy... Uh... Oh, shucks. I say let them eat Twinkies. what I say. I say let them eat Twinkies. You're listening to a total, total aristocrat here. Uh, by the way, speaking of aristocrat, I have a little note here. It's a guy wandering around the University of Houston campus this week on crutches. He broke his right ankle while walking on his hands. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's it. That was in the paper. He's walking on his hands. You know, he doesn't say who walked on his hands. I guess he did. That ain't easy either, you know. But, of course, he's got seven hands. He's from Texas. But uh, he busted his ankle walking on his hands. That's not the... Uh, that's, uh, you know, that's funny. But uh, I don't know. I, I remember one time. Uh, if you want me to tell a story about that, you do. Well, I've you know I've I've had my time doing these terrible things like this. You know, people do these things, like they walk around, that they walk on their hands, and everybody's trying to make his point. And it ain't easy to make your point sometimes when it's a hard point to make. I'll tell you, friends, you're playing the great crap game of life. You've got to roll in bones. You've got to roll them good. And you got to roll them when they're hot. You don't roll them bones when they're cold, man. You roll them bones when they're cold, you're going to get stripped like an onion. Peeled right down to the seeds. Nothing left but the... That's it. And, uh, I just wanted to warn you that uh, you may be rolling cold dice, friends. I mean, I uh, just thought you ought to know. You know, speaking of that, uh, the other day I'm sitting by the phone, see. I'll tell you a little, little incident of pure life. I'm sitting by the phone. Now, uh, I, uh, you know, I make sure that there's no phones ever around me. I hate phones. And uh, I'm sitting by the phone, so the phone rings. And uh, nobody would answer it. So I picked it up, and the guy says, hello? And I said, yes. He said, hello, hello? I said, yes. What do you want? Is this you, Charlie? I said, no, it is not me, Charlie. Is this you, Clarence? He says, no, this is Howie. I said, oh, hi, Howie. Gee whiz, where you been? And I says, none of your damn business. Who's this? And I said, this is Fred. He said, I thought you said you weren't Fred. And I said, I am Fred. He said, oh, okay. Well, I'll listen. I'm sending him COD. I said, do I? What do you think? You think I'm going to pull? He said, are you pulling that on me again? He said, the third time. Are you going to tell me you're not going to pay again? Forget it. It's all up. I said, listen, this is the third COD shipment I've got. And I want to tell you, man, it is time you were going to start paying. And we started to yell like mad. And about, you know, I got sucked into it. And I suddenly found, you know, I was getting mad. I was going to sue this guy and everything, saying we finally hung up. And I don't know who Fred was or Clarence or anything else, but all I know is that I probably broke up a partnership. And so I'm sitting there. Yeah, you know, this is the New York phone system. You get anything. You're liable, you know, you're liable to get, uh, you know, who knows. 
And so the other day, <laughs> you know, about an hour after this, the phone rings again. I pick it up. I thought it's going to be this guy again. Say, so say, all right, he paid for me shipping them now. Say, I don't know what they were, the shipment. So uh, I picked up the phone. I said, hello? And the girl said, is this operator 28? I said, who? She says, is this operator 28? I said, no, I'm not operator 28. I'm X9. And she said, oh. And she was gone. I hear a click. The guy says, I'll talk to him. So I said, hello, X9 here. He says, G8 here. And I said, yeah, okay. Is it, uh, is it in the mail? He says, yeah. He says, be careful, though. They're after us. I said, okay. And we hung up. I'm serious. This happens to me all the time. Did you know that one time I got a call from Walla Walla, Washington? I'm serious. It was, it, you know, this, this, this computer system. And so Klutz was calling up. He thought he was calling next, the next block or something. I get Walla Walla. And I said, where the hell are you? He said, Walla Walla. And uh, he says, who is this? He thought it was some grocery store or something. I said, this is me. He said, where, the, where are you? I said, I'm in uh, Manhattan. He said, Manhattan, New York. And I said, that's right. And there was a pregnant pause on the line. If I may use that word on the, uh, you know, on the air here, what with the pill and all that, I don't suppose you have pregnant pauses any longer. But, uh, hey, you missed that one. I said, with a pill, you don't have pregnant pauses anymore. Boo? Okay, I thought it was kind of good. So, uh, nevertheless, it wasn't very good. She didn't hear it. That's right. She doesn't know what the pill is. All right, well, okay. Hey, this is, you don't listen to Barry Faba? Oh, come on. Everybody knows about that. And so, uh, anyway, it's accelerant, you know, with the headaches. All that. <laughs> I have an accelerant headache. I'm giving you one. So, uh, nevertheless, uh, I'm uh, I'm talking to this guy. Now, this is serious. I, I got Walla Walla, Washington. So, so uh, he's, he's flipping, you know. He dialed, he dialed the number, and I guess it was even like a 10-cent call he was supposed to be dialing. And he gets Manhattan. So he says, who the hell's going to pay for this? I says, not me, Fred. It's your $17.28. I'm listening. He says, is this really New York? And I said, this is New York. There is a New York, and I'm here. See, I'm, it's the main office. Have you ever had a feeling that New York is the main office of the world? It, it is. Everybody wants to come to New York, even if it's rotten. They want to come. Everybody wants to get transferred to the main office. You live in Cleveland, you figure you're out of town. And you are. <laughs> I mean, there's no doubt about it. And, you know, there are, other, there are certain towns that are more out of town than others. Oh, boy, there's no more, there is no town as much out of town as Indianapolis. I'll tell you, guys, living in Indianapolis, they're 100 years old. They've never been out of town. They still know they're out of town. You know, they walk around, they say, geez, I'm going to get to town one day. And you walk around Indianapolis, Victory Circle and all that. But uh, nevertheless, I get this guy from Walla Walla Walla, Walla 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 Walla. Well, no, there's only two, isn't there? I, I, and two Wallas. So uh, Walla Walla, Washington. And they said, where are you? And I said, I'm in Manhattan. This is a true story now. I'll just tell you what transpired between the two of us. <laughs> well, you had a little moment in life. And the, here were two souls in communion. He said, are you in New York? And I said, that's right. He said, how's the weather there? I got a wrong number. I said, uh, are, you, are you putting me out? Are you really in Walla Walla? He says, I am in Walla Walla. And you could hear, you know, that hum you get that's coming from 28 million miles away. And I said, uh, Yes, I'm in the I'm in in New York. Uh, the weather, let's see. The weather is uh, it's a kind of you know, yeah, you know, New York weather. And they, he says, Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. I said, Well, how's the weather in Walla Walla? He said, oh, You know, Walla Walla weather. You know, usual stuff. I said, Oh well, okay. I'll see you around. And we hung up. That was the end of it. 
Just like that, two ships that pass in the night. And there's a... You know, I know a guy that did. It got himself an unbelievable hang-up from messing around with the phone. Oh, yeah. I, I know one guy that got three months. But that's another story. We won't even talk about him on here. What he was saying on the, on the telephone. It was just terrible. I don't know why he did it. I mean, he was writing it on the walls, too. But, you know, he, he, that, that phone there, you know, you can't get him. And uh, one time, I, I'm, I'm in the Army, you see, with this guy. And... Um, He's kind of bugged. And, uh, of course, a lot of guys in the Army were bugged, but they're never bugged for the same reason that people who are not in the Army think they're bugged about. Generally, when you're in the Army, you're not bugged about being in the Army because you're you know, giving up all that stuff. You're just in the Army, and you get bugged about stuff like uh, they don't have new belt buckles down to PX, or uh, when are they going to get the, you know, when are they going to open up this company and get some stripes, you know, give out some stripes here. That's the kind of stuff you get bugged about. And in fact, you know that in, in all the years I've been seeing Army movies, I've never seen one thing about the Army that was like the Army I was in. Not one thing. Not one thing. Like, like for example, the time that Shepard came back after a 7,000-mile forced march. Now, I've been in this company, Company K, for so long that, you know, I had a letter K tattooed on my soul. I never even thought any more about it. At the, you know this kind of moment, George, and, and the, you've been in the Marines. So I came tromping back. With, we were on a forced march, 20 miles out, and we're coming back. And it's, it's depressing. It's raining crud. And I've got a 100-pound sack on my back, you know, the pack and all that, and the entrenching tool is digging me in the pancreas, and I'm clumping along. At the, my canteen is bobbing up and down. I had this canteen filled with marbles. It would just rattle all the time. I did it just to bug the, you know, the CO. They're just rattling up and down when I'm coming along. So I'm coming along, and the, we, we, we come tooling into the company area after a 20-mile march, mind you. And my mind is turned off, just turned off, nothing. Just like I've got this bowling ball on the top of my shoulders. That's all with ears on it. And I, nothing. It's not, nothing's going on. And I go clumping into the barracks, and I sit down on my pack on the floor. I'm sweating. All of a sudden, Gasser comes in. He says, oh, boy, what a fink you turned out to be. And I said, what do you mean, what a fink? And he says, you know, don't give me that innocent jazz. And he walks on past. I says, Gasser, what did I do now? And then Edwards comes in. He says, hi, fink. And he walks past and goes into the latrine. And then Zinsmeister comes in and says, well, I see you finally that clomped over on the Backs of your own buddies, stand on the back. You're on your way up now, right? I says, what's the matter? He says, don't give me that what's the matter stuff. And out he goes, into the day room, mad. What did I do? This is a real moment in the Army. I'm sitting there in a footlocker, all right, you know. So I turned around and I hollered the only thing you holler in the Army. It's a single word. You just yell it out, you know, to all of them. You know. And I hear a couple of them yell it back with variations. In fact, we had a we had a, uh, an intercom system. See, this is the kind of stuff you never see in army movies. We had an intercom system. <laughs> this is a funny bit. <laughs> it was a speaker that hang with Eric there. See, and every once in a while it would go on. You'd hear, oh, sorry, okay, 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 You know, little messages would come out like that, and you're sitting around, and the thing was two way. You see, you could holler back through it. And so one night, this thing is humming, and I know it was just one of those nights when everybody's a little bit bugged, and they were sitting there, and you hear the, you hear, you hear the, uh, the card game going on in the orderly room. You, know, you hear a couple of 
guys talking. And all of a sudden, one of them hollers out. <laughs> he hollers, says, Hey, Sergeant Kowalski! And you're pregnant, pause. All of a sudden, the sergeant is on this piano. The, the sitter comes and says, Yeah, who's, who's hollering? What, what, uh, what do you want? And then you hear this guy, and he's up on the top, bar- the top bunk, way in the back of the barracks. He hollers, Hey, Sergeant, are you listening? And the sergeant says, Yeah, what do you want? And with that, he hollers, Wabba, wabba! And he said a terrible thing. You know the kind of stuff you see in the walls of the subway? And there was a pregnant pause, I want to tell you. And all of a sudden, he said, Oh, shut up! You hear it coming out of the, <laughs> you know, the monitor system. We well, didn't know even what barracks it was because there were, there were eight barracks, and each one had a speaker in it. And each one was feeding back into the, into the, into the orderly room. So, and he was bugged. With that, eight other guys hollering, And now 19 guys are hollering back in the orderly room. It was just a little, you know, intercom uprising. And uh, somebody in the next barracks, barracks three, heard about this. See, so they started to... And with that, the first sergeant just cuts off the non He just cuts off the intercom. Shut up, he said, bang. We sat in the silent there, barracks, mauling over. And Gasser comes back in again. He says, you fake. Oh, man, you fake. You fake. So what are you, what is with you guys? What is this fink business? So, don't tell me what is it. Pretty soon you're going to be moving out of the barracks, right? I said, what do you mean, moving out of the barracks? You're you're on your way now. You're leaving your buddies. You know what week this is, buddy? I said, what week is this, buddy? He says, this is da-da-da-da, your buddy week, isn't it? Ah, you know, that's fighting words. Well, uh, since Gaz was six feet nine, you know, I put off the fight for a while. And I says, what do you mean it's da-da-da-da, your buddy week? Don't tell me you ain't been down there looking at that, looking at that bulletin board. I said, what's on a bulletin board? He said, ain't you seen the orders? I said, what orders? He said, don't tell me you don't know. I said, no. Casser stands up and he says, you think. Are you going to try to tell me you don't know you made PFC? I said, I did what? You made PFC, you fink. Who did you sell out? I was the only guy in the company that got a stripe. I made P- I don't know how or why. I made PFC. I goes down to the bulletin board, and there it was. It says, to be made PFC, Shepard J.P. You know, with all the numbers and all that stuff. Effective immediately. Permanent rank. I am not even a temporary PFC. You know how they made Eisenhower permanent five-star general? Permanent PFC. They can't even bust you. You're permanent. It takes an act of, act of Congress to bust a permanent PFC. It doesn't. Oh, no? A permanent one? Don't tell me you, it's a temporary permanent. Anything when you're an EM is temporary permanent. So I go down there to the, to the order room, and I says, give me them orders. And he says, all right, here they are, Mac. I says, not Mac, PFC. And he says, okay, PFC. And it was a corporal. He hands me my thing. And, and of course, it was the first big moment of my life. And the first, I was beginning the ladder, going up the ladder. And so it was, you know, heady every minute of the way. Now, uh, I, I, this is the, out of the game of life. 
to play in the game of life. Nothing, nothing in the, in the real life is like uh, it is in the movies at all. Nothing. Oh, one moment there, the other day. I did see one thing. Did you see Jimmy Cagney making bathtub, bathtub gin? That was a good scene. I saw that in the movies. Now, I don't know anything about that in real life. It just was a great scene, you know. Uh, I, I saw another great scene. I, I can't remember it, but I know there was a good scene once in a movie that I saw. But the, Yes, yes, it was it was Errol Flynn. That's right. It was Errol Flynn right on the horse. It was one of those uh, T&S movies again. It was a great moment. Uh, Cary Grant. But the, that's that's all beside the point. You don't want to hear about this, you know, these little things. Uh, incidentally, did you hear about it, the big elephant out in Jersey? Oh, you know the Elephant Hotel out there. Don't you know the Elephant Hotel in Margate? Yeah, that's a big elephant. They got a a, a hundred room elephant. Out there. It's a it's a hotel shaped like an elephant, and it's just standing out there. And it's a, it's a little story about it. A guy in Philadelphia bought it. Yeah, and uh, you know that uh, I'd love to, there's certain rooms that do a bit groovy to rent this elephant. So you <laughs> they tell me one of them looks right out to sea, but uh, that's a uh, uh, you know, it's 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 a so part of life. You got to expect it, and uh, you, you can't push it too much. By the way, don't don't worry, don't fear, don't fear, don't fear. It's, it one day if you if you concentrate hard enough, I, w- I want you to right now to sit down in the lotus position, please. You will a little of that uh, soft, uh, easy music there. Oh no, no, the other one. I think a little of a little of the uh, little of the uh, hairy type stuff there. At the uh, that's it, George. A little hair. That's it. Yes, I want you to sit down now. Easy, easy now. I want you to take your diet yuihu in your left hand. That's it. That's, oh, by the way, I know a guy that takes diet yuihu and he pours it into a big brandy snifter. And he sits there with his nose buried into it and he inhales. Oh, it's the aroma. That's what's good about it. Ah, oh, yes. You see, anticipation is far more important than realization. In anything you do, anything you do, that uh, as George Bernard Shaw wrote, he said, uh, if you're going to write a great play, he says, stretch out a seduction over three acts. So it's all anticipation. This is important. And so as you look down into your brandy snifter of life, down deep there with all that, uh, that's it. Bring it up there, George. That's a good image, the brandy. That's it. Uh, not too much now. You let them clarinet players loose, the next thing you know, they'll be running all over the walls here. But uh, you look down deep into the brandy snifter of life. Hello, Keith, old man. You look down deep into the brandy snifter of life. I repeat, you're throwing me off. I'm in the middle of a Krishnamurti uh, yoga session here. All right. We don't want to interrupt the deep tears there. Look at them out there, low on the grass now. You look down deep. What kind of grass? Well, you know what happened to that mouse, don't you? Just laying on his little old belly there, and they're wiggling his feet up in the air there, and what happened? That's right. So, I want to repeat to you. Look deep into the brandy snifter of life right now. It's like Groucho Marx says, show me a rose, and show me a rose, and I'll show you a stag at bay. That's true. And see, show me a rose, or leave me alone. He also says... Show me a rose, and I'll show you a stag at bay. So I want you to look deep into the brandy snifter now and fill it up with diet yoo-hoo. Or, if you prefer, a tab. That's always good. And uh, the diet type. And look deep into it. You see all those bubbles down there. Look at that. Isn't that amazing? All them bubbles. 
Yes, sir. Why, George, you never... You never know what's going to happen, do you? I mean, that's true. Isn't it right, friend? Look down deep into that. Uh, what's it all about, right, friend? <laughs> uh, you show me a rose. I'll show you a stag at bay. Bring it up there, large, George. Yes, uh, well, no, no, wait a minute now. You're, you're totally wrong, friend, if you think that. Oh, no. Oh, that's it, that's it. Oh, quit running up and down my back there. You know, you can buy a game called Ants in Your Pants. You can. They're little plastic ants. You put in each other's pants. That's right. The one that gets the most ants in the other guy's pants wins the game. That's it. That's the truth. It's called Ants in Your Pants. Well, look, I'm not inventing this stuff. By the way, I want to conclude tonight's effort with a salute to Richie Allen. And, uh, oh, yeah, I'm oh, Richie. I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of his. Let's see. Let's see. I'd like to salute Phil Lynch. Where is Phil Lynch tonight? Uh, I don't know. I mean, after he bat 132 last season, they finally put him off a pasture, and I miss it. Well, uh, I think it'll work out, friend. It's going to work out, and, uh, gee, I don't know. I really don't. You're playing a big, vast game. Uh, you just spun that? Oh, stop it. Will you quit tickling me? Gee whiz. I'm just trying to earn a living here. Doggone. Holy smokes. Now there it goes. Hey, look at that mouse over in the corner laying on his gut. Where did he get a hold? Did he get a hold of John? Oh, no. Not John gambling. No, no. That mouse got a hold of his stuff. Oh, kid. Uh, you say it's Acapulco Red? Oh, kid. Uh, oh. Show me a rose and I'll show you a stag at bay. Oh, something marches on. I can't quite remember. Music by Herman Cornwall. This was a Sharon production.